All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Oh my God, where do we start this week? Yeah, oh my this goodness. week was, if last week was not, wait, was last week not crazy or the week before? Last like week was, wasn't crazy, but only because there was such an overwhelming amount of disaster fatigue that's right. floating through the air. Did you wear your hip your hip shirt accidentally? Of course not. You knew it before you came in this morning? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess it happened at like, like right before you came in. 9.30, they right. put it on Twitter. The great Gordowney passed away. Amazing the outpouring of love. I mean, we've seen a lot of truly legendary rock stars pass away in the last couple of years. David Bowie, Prince. Mm-hmm. Tom uh, Petty last Tom week. Tom Petty just a couple weeks ago. No, uh, that was, wasn't that last week? We didn't discuss it on the show. Um, I think we did discuss it on the show. Did we? But either okay. way, it might have been a Monday or a Tuesday. Okay. Um, and maybe it's just because this one is so specifically personal to Canada. Mm-hmm. But the outpouring, like the fact that Q104 played nothing but tragically hip songs all day. Yeah, that's impossible to me. That's, yeah, that's incredible. And and they were playing the like you know little kind of obituary commemorative like yeah. what Gord means to us piece yeah over and over. like you couldn't be in your car driving and not hear a hip song and then something right after it I heard George Strombolopoulos say a long time ago I think it was when he he did this like really cool Skype Q&A with my radio class oh yeah, a yeah. Of years ago mm-hmm. um and so everybody got the chance to go up and ask him a question. And in some cases, in most cases, they were career questions because sure. we all thought we could be the next George Strombolopoulos. Sure. Uh, and somebody else just asked him, who's the greatest Canadian band of all time? And it was like he had thought about it before because he was like, well, academically, the guess who are the greatest oh, interesting. Canadian band of all time? There's no question. And he says, except really the correct answer is always going to be the tragically hip. And I always liked the way that was phrased because I was like, yeah. maybe... Maybe if you add up the numbers, the tragically hip are, uh-huh. are not the the biggest, but they're the brightest, you know. Right. And of course, not a small part of that was was Gord Downey. That big concert, which was a year and a half ago now, I remember watching that thing. Uh, I was at the the Stubborn Goat patio. Yep. And I just kind of got drawn in by it. Yeah. Having only been exposed to huge amounts of the tragically hip from working in Canadian radio. Yep. Um, but knowing well that I liked a lot of the songs and loved a good number of them as well, just watched this three-hour concert and couldn't believe the number of songs I knew. Yeah, and and that that was kind of the thing about the hip because the same thing happened to me live when I went to see them at Oceaga. I didn't yeah. go to see just them, but I had a few friends who really wanted to go see them. And once you were in it, it was so awesome. It was such a fun atmosphere because you were so familiar with every song. Yeah. And then the energy from the stage and the energy from the crowd and Gord, you know, riding his microphone stand like a motorcycle. Right. It was just awesome. Oh, yeah. He was kind of a maniac on the stage. Oh, yeah. It was like deeply something. And the other thing about that big Kingston show is that I remember thinking he's not going to live until Christmas. Right. And we're a year and a half later. Like, I think he was on Borrowed Time for a little while. Yeah. I spoke with a, a guy today who said he was interviewing, um, I spoke with Neil at work, yeah. and he said he interviewed uh, one of the guys in the Northern Pikes, and the guy told a story about how the last time they played a show with Gord Downey, he lit his boots on fire and claimed to be 123 years old. <laughs> <laughs> like That's the kind of character he was. I feel like losing John Dunsworth and... Yeah. Gord Downey, and they were kind of cut from the same cloth, just like complete wild men that you couldn't really get a... But also like profoundly artistic. Definitely. And that's a thing that you... Such deep artists. If you only pay attention to John Dunsworth through the Mm -hmm. Trailer Park Boys, and if that's all you have been exposed to, that's perfectly rational. Mm -hmm. Um, You might miss the fact that he was like quite a true thespian and apparently quite lauded on the Trailer Park set for being the the acting coach in an informal way. And and both activists, both yes. big time activists. Yeah, yeah, that one was kind of surprising. And, and it's always interesting when I'm reminded um, how big the Trailer Park Boys are outside of Nova Scotia. Yeah, it's really easy for us to just feel like they're a local thing because they're technically a local thing. Was was the big thing for you when you went on Reddit and it was like one of the top three items? Yeah, and I've I've, I've seen people on Reddit talk about the trailer park boys before yeah uh going on the front page of imdb was a big one. Oh wow john dunsworth on the front page of imdb that was a big deal yeah and gord was there also mm-hmm. today now this the other one like they're not halifax specific but right. they are pretty canadian specific like i think their big american totally. moment was playing saturday night live 
and when Dan Aykroyd hosted. Yeah. But they didn't have a very big American fan base. No. In fact, I think it was in a uh, in an article about uh, the Sheepdogs where, you know, there was that contest to get on the cover of the Rolling Stone and the Sheepdogs yep. won. And then they were being uh, followed by this journalist and the journalist saying, you know, I'm traveling in this van listening to this god-awful tragically hip music or whatever. Oh, shit. And, uh, yeah, I guess he took so much you shit. You would. You and, would. And I listened to an interview with the Sheepdogs in the station, and they said, oh, man, he's texted us a few times and just said, like, he couldn't believe the amount of hate that yeah. he got for ripping on the hip. But there was, a, and not today, which is lovely. And mm-hmm. I, I've said before about Q104, and I'm not afraid to say this publicly because mm-hmm. I've said it to, to people like yourself who work there intimately. Sure. There's a very substantial Q104 listener base that just loves to complain. Sure. Um, and that's that's just a, a generational thing. Well, Using sta- Facebook as, a, as a, a grandstand, as a soapbox. And the station itself will rile listeners up in that's one direction part of the or objective, another. which yeah. is which is fine totally but it's interesting and wonderful to me that on a day when q104 took such a bold stance as to only play the tragically hip yeah nobody stood up and said oh get over it you know no. how there's always somebody who has to like ruin it for everybody yeah. else you didn't know gore right and like or just like maybe not everybody likes the tragedy. Right? Can we get on with our people, lives now? Or anything? people yeah. make it about them, right? And right. that didn't happen today. Yeah, which is really cool. With that said, there has always been uh, a portion of Canadians who don't seem to get it, and they almost kind of resent that it's become such a big thing, especially in the last couple of years. Yeah, and I would equate it not so much artistically, but just uh, in terms of scale to Coldplay. Right. Chris Martin is a fabulous poet and songwriter, mm-hmm. a very, very active and exciting showman and seems like a likable guy. But there just seems to be this this sense out there that Coldplay is vapid. Right. And I think people, I think you can kind of associate that with, with the Tragically Hip. But the, yeah, the Tragically Hip, I think they're the most notable band uh, out of Canada, but they're also known for like, you know, kind of not being pretentious and... and mm-hmm. Like the Q thing says, like they've played Little Burns all across Canada. That's true. They're they've a bar played... band and uh, a cottage band. Totally. You know? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's kind of, you could play that. And I was actually thinking back to how I was at the cottage with Jen a couple weeks ago. And I didn't play any hip. And yeah. me and my friend there probably would have got really into it. But I think the reason was just our girlfriends wouldn't have been quite as excited about right. it. Right. Do you have a favorite one? Favorite hip song? Yeah. You know what? I. I've gotten into them way more since seeing them live and since the uh, live concert happened. Yeah. One that's really grown on me is uh, Locked in the Trunk of a Car. Oh, yeah, good one. I just think it's like a good slow burn song. Yeah. And and like gets more and more hyped, and I kind of get chills when when Gord Downey sings Every Day yeah. I'm Dumping the Body. Yeah. Like it just sounds like, oh, I got it again, just saying it. But, but yeah, songs songs like that. I like, they were playing some deep cuts, like they were playing Greasy Jungle today. Okay. I've never really heard that song before. No. And I was like, this song's amazing. Why don't well, we play this all the time? CBC was playing some songs from like Secret Path this morning. Sure, yeah. Which is kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's an obvious answer, but 38 Years Old is one of my favorites. Like yep. when I first read the story behind that song, you just like completely haunted to your really to your bones. What? Do you know the story behind 38 no, Years Old? No, I thought it was fictional. I, I mean, it might be. Right. But do you know what's going on in that song about this? Uh, it might be fictional. It might not be, but... Um, I think it is a true story. A uh, woman gets raped. The brother of the victim goes out and kills the rapist, gets arrested and sent away to prison. Now there's this big prison break. He's gotten out, but now he's 38 years old and never kissed a girl. Oh. It's just like really spooky, right. fast guitar. Definitely. And speaking of spooky songs, the other one that's absolutely my favorite is Fiddler's Green, which I was learning to play on the piano this morning. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I like, uh, you know, songs like, grace too and yeah you know there's well there's so many there's so many like that if if people outside of canada are listening to this right now they'll be like what well check it out what has this been check out the tragically hip yeah i hope it 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 surges the popularity of the hip just people canadians paying such huge tribute to them yeah And, and you know like there's something it's okay to be a a bandwagon kind of person when it comes to this if it's going to expose you to something Totally. I mean, there's plenty of things that I think we would shit on people for hopping on the bandwagon for. This would not be one of them. It's just a good, it's just a great band. Yeah. Really good. What would be wrong with there being more hip fans? So between Gord and uh, 
And John Dunsworth. Yeah, you're right. A couple of couple of big Canadian names and and decidedly Canadian names yeah, this definitely. week that really stand out. Mm-hmm. Uh, movie news. Star Wars, you up on that? Uh, not really. I still haven't seen the trailer, which I'm happy about. Good, me neither. Good. So I can't say anything spoiler-wise. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, yesterday, director Ron Howard uh, finally announced the name of the Han Solo standalone movie. I know this, yep. And they're going to call it Solo. Which surprises no one. If there were Vegas odds for what they're going to call this movie, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have made much money betting on Solo. What about Han? <laughs> Just calling it Han? <laughs> That's a good idea. They yeah. should have done that. Solo, a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, some people are like really annoyed with how uncreative that title is, but I was thinking about it, and like as great as Star Wars is, the titles are rarely good. And in yeah. fact, sometimes the titles that are strong are the worst movies. Like The Phantom Menace is a really great title. Yeah. <laughs> but the movie sucks. And like The Empire Strikes you know what happens in The Empire Strikes Back? The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I know. Like, the titles aren't creative. You're right. But that's okay. You know what I think would have been a cool name for this movie? Would have been if they just called it The Castle Run. Yeah, I mean, if that's what's going to happen in this film. Yeah, sure. Or it almost seems like more of a, like, you know, uh, like Daytona 500 type thing. You know the movie's just going to be about that. But I don't know what the movie's going to be about. I don't think it's just going to be about that. No, I I think that's too easy. It's just going to be like a scene in the movie. Something about smugglers or... Just calling it like the race for the Falcon or something like something like. What about Spaceballs? <laughs> oh, has that been used before? <laughs> nope. All right, use it up. <laughs> it's very befitting of Harrison Ford and his like. So that's that's kind of cool. I'm I'm game for the name Solo. It comes out in May, okay. which is incredible that they haven't bumped it back yet. Mm-hmm. Not only do I think they should bump it back because clearly there's work to be done to mend this train wreck of a film. Mm-hmm. I just prefer the idea of there always being a Star Wars movie at Christmas time. Yeah. I love that. I don't want next Christmas for there not to be a Star Wars movie because we had one in May. Right. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it'll still be in theaters because it was so successful. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe that'll happen. That happens with big movies, right? Uh, Netflix is doing a modern adaptation of Hamlet. Okay. I guess not unlike uh, Baz Luhrmann, Romeo plus Juliet. Sure. (laughs) Romeo plus Juliet. Romeo plus Juliet was kind of a hilarious movie. Yeah. Like watching it in high school. It's like this is what this movie is, right? But they they stayed on book, right? That like they used the original oh, yeah. text, the exact text. I think that's what's going to happen with this new Netflix modern Hamlet. Riz Ahmed going to play the prince. Oh wow! Yeah, interesting. Which one's Riz Ahmed again? The Knight of. Oh yeah, yeah. Riz Ahmed. Yeah, he's very good. He I think good. he should play James Bond. I'm in the Riz interesting. Ahmed should play James Bond. He's British. He is British. Yes, Crazy. Yeah. He's just youthful. He's still not quite... I mean, he just won an Emmy. But he's still not quite A-list yet, mm-hmm. so we could kind of get him in there. But it hasn't always been British people. Like, wasn't isn't Sean Connery Scottish? Yeah, Scotland's part of Britain. Yeah, I guess so. George Lazenby was Australian. That's the exception. That's the one that yeah. really stands out, right? Yeah. And he did, like, one or two movies. Right. One, I think. Yeah, just one. Yeah, and then they went to Timothy Dalton. And he was largely considered a disappointment. They should do more of that, just signing people on for one Bond film. I think that would be great. I, I know, like Christopher Nolan has has bounced the idea around before of just doing like one really great James Bond movie. Cool. Christian Bale. Speaking of Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. when they first were doing the Batman Begins thing, he was offered James Bond. I remember hearing he, that he had the opportunity to either play James Bond or Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. and he couldn't do both. Do you know why? James Bond or Bruce Wayne can do both. Uh, no, what was the reason? Because the Broccoli family have a clause that when you're playing James Bond, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to wear a tuxedo in any other movie. Wow. And it was important that Bruce Wayne wear a tuxedo. Also, I think it's just kind of hoggy to play both of those characters. You say the Broccoli family. Yeah, the, the, the people in charge of the Bond estate. Oh, really? Is, did they invent Broccoli? Yes. Have I made this joke before? Probably. I feel like I It does have. seem like one to go to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you didn't, definitely other people have. Someone did. Wow. Uh, okay, I don't really want to spend too much time on Harvey Weinstein, but he was expelled by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Mm-hmm. More That's really good. Forward, More people coming forward all the time. And now not just accusing Harvey Weinstein, but uh, Everyone. random producer or director X like Reese Witherspoon. 
uh, Jennifer Lawrence, all these people mm, coming. Viola up. Davis. Lena Headey, is that her name from Game of Thrones? She yeah. has a horrible story about Harvey Weinstein. Oh, God. Um, and it's just, it spawned this Me Too campaign. Yeah, I'm that seeing that a lot. was a very big thing this week. Yeah. And a lot of people, after Rose McGowan was, was, uh, was blacklisted from Twitter there for 12 hours, a right. lot of people decided they weren't going to use Twitter anymore, and then I think it came back. She was blacklisted from Twitter for 12 hours? Yeah, well, it was like... <sighs> The, the biggest objection was justified, which is that though Rose McGowan was, was being very um, firm and at times vulgar on Twitter, mm -hmm. it was activism and it was for a positive cause that you wouldn't argue against. Um, meanwhile, President of the United States literally threatens to erase countries. He threatens nuclear war. How is right. that not a threat of violence? So it came out from, from Twitter that she wasn't booted off she wasn't suspended from from twitter for 12 hours because of her language it was because she actually had uh tweeted an image that had a private phone number on it and, uh, and that is against the rules and gotcha. that's actually fair yeah um but in that time people perceiving that as injustice said they were going to boycott twitter and then i think that kind of got turned on its head when somebody i don't know who said no hang on we shouldn't silence ourselves right just because a lot of the powers that be that that pull the strings behind this medium are uh, an affront to us. And when yeah. I say us, I mean women. I'm trying not to mansplain. I'm, I'm really trying hard. Um, doesn't mean we shouldn't take advantage of this, the most powerful media tool in decades. Right. That makes sense. I uh, I think even like Al Michaels, who's like an NFL announcer, made a, uh, he actually made a, a Harvey Weinstein joke. Oh, and and they were talking about it on the Bill Simmons podcast how Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal made a bet. Bill Simmons was like, he's going to have to apologize immediately. And he says, Cousin Sal said, I bet he doesn't apologize within 24 hours. And literally, as soon as they got back from the break, Al Michaels apologized. <laughs> <laughs> Just like got right ahead of it. And apparently, what I, I haven't read what he said, but I guess it was like, it was like a joke that should have been made. It's interesting... People are being very sensitive, and I'm not saying that's not a good thing, but like James Corden hosted some banquet this weekend, and he took a lot of heat for making a bunch of Harvey Weinstein Right, jokes. I heard that. James Corden's not funny, so that probably is part of the problem, but like, um, he had to come out and apologize. It's interesting, isn't it, that Harvey Weinstein, who deserves to never work again and deserves to be in disgrace, no question, mm -hmm. is almost taking more heat than like Bill Cosby. I mean, like, Bill Cosby took a lot of heat, but he's never going to go to jail and he'll die in a mansion. And, like, I don't know if the same can be said for Harvey Weinstein. True. I think I think it might be because there's so many Hollywood starlets yeah. that are the ones that are coming out and saying these things. Because they're famous, it's becoming a more taboo Yeah, thing. it definitely gives them more power than... You know, these 14 women or however many it was. Right, but that help, no one really knew. Helpfully, the narrative is starting to evolve to illustrate that, look, it's not just people of power who abuse their power. And it's not just in these glamorous industries. It's all over the place. And it's not yeah. always in such overt, violent ways. Mm -hmm. It happens passively, too. Right. And that has, of course, spawned an angry man mm -hmm. resistance of people saying well what i'm not allowed to like flirt with a girl anymore oh i didn't know this was happening oh of course it's happening yeah i figured it was gonna you know happen pretty soon but you know this I, has just been that year i haven't heard about that i mentioned bill simmons is bill simmons having some uh is he making some bad choices is he is he like because i know michael rapaport was mouthing off about him in the press today he called, he was? He called him like a has-been Seriously? Yeah, he like really. Yeah, see if I can find it. I mean, Michael Rappaport's such a mouthpiece, right? Well, but he's he's a common guest on the Bill Simmons show. Yeah, but he referred they, the article referred to him as a former friend. Wow, because the last time he was on, he he made several rants against people that worked at ESPN. Yeah, and some of the people he was kind of like, okay, like Michael, that this is a little bit like, you know, I'm friends with this person. Yeah, I settle like down. This yeah. Uh, okay, he called him uh, the actor and author and New York sports fan blasted Simmons and his canceled show this week on his I Am Rappaport podcast, calling it crusty stale, 
crusty stale from the start never got better bullshit hbo show is that what he's talking about like the bill simmons podcast or like no there's a uh, bill simmons show for a little bit called uh, any given any wednesday. given wednesday here yeah. it is he rapport appeared on any given wednesday in one of the show's most cringeworthy segments a sophomoric people's court spoof in which he and simmons argued the legitimacy of the deflate gate scandal a theme prominent throughout the show's short life which i thought was kind of funny with ben affleck's unhinged appearance that was with bill simmons was it mm-hmm. uh anyway i can't find everything but oh he calls him uh a sea sucker uh you player hating mother effer your time is up whoa that's pretty pretty heavy wow because it's funny i was wondering yesterday as I was driving, listening to Bill Simmons, like, oh, I haven't heard from Michael Rappaport recently. Like, I'd like to see him, you know, after doing a typical go on the Bill Simmons podcast. Yeah, that very, talk about very that wholesome, bit. heartwarming performance on Netflix. And which then... which was after all of these, like, insane rants he was doing. Mm. That that was the craziest thing. Like, I, I found it weird to look at Michael Rappaport through, like, a soft lens and kind of think, like, oh, he seems like a, you know, a good dad, a loving, loving guy. Yeah, he's, uh, nobody, it, nobody curses it, like Rappaport. It made me respect his acting so much more. I think he's a really good actor. Yeah, definitely. But it seems like he and Bill Simmons are not just, like, bros not who cool. trade snaps. They don't sound like they're cool. Man, I want, I want to hear Bill Simmons' side of it. Bill Simmons is just so chill all the time. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he like got fired from ESPN for for standing up for himself, but he's always just kind of sounds like he's like he just smoked a joint. Yeah, and he's just yeah, kind of really has a bit of a in there, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, he's always very chill. I've been listening to the Rewatchables a little bit. Oh yeah, you like which it? It's a good podcast. Yep. And I, I listen to I listen to the ones where I haven't seen the movie. Or I'm not like really close with the movie. Also, but like when you really know the movie, like oh, when okay. they did Jerry Maguire, yep. that was like a really great podcast. You liked it. Yeah. Oh, it was just, yeah, I mean, Bill had this whole uh, phenomenal observation about the final scene, Rush to Tell Dorothy, You Complete Me, mm-hmm. uh, where the football game is clearly Monday Night Football, and it was this time in Arizona, so the game wouldn't get over until <laughs> yeah. 10 o'clock, and, yeah. and they had to do press because they won, so we wouldn't get to the airport until this time, but he didn't have a flight booked. Granted, it was pre-9-11, so that helps, <laughs> and then he'd have to get it, fly into LAX, LAX, and then take a cab out to like the Palisades or whatever. There's no way he would get to Dorothy's before 1.30 p. 1.30 a.m., and somehow she's still in her divorced women's support group. Yeah, he does have some great takes. It was a on, great observation. Things like that, and like on stupid movies. Not and that not even really being one of the stupid movies, but you know, on on movies like I think they're doing a rewatchables on Face Off. Oh Lord! <laughs> like I feel like he has a arsenal of hot takes on that yeah. movie. Yeah, he's very good with pop culture. I wish he had more of that available. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you feel like they're starting to overuse Kate McKinnon on Saturday Night Live? Because this week's episode was really good, and it was. Uh, excuse me, a ratings high, I think, because people were excited about Kumail. Yeah. He did great. His monologue was phenomenal. Did he ever? Overall, the show was really good. Mm-hmm. But, like, she was the only woman they're using in the show. Like, like Cecily is so strong. I mean, her Ivana Trump was bad, so that might be part of the problem. But, like, it... They have they have so many talented women on that show, and everything goes to Kate. Right down to the weird sketch about like how grandmothers have sex. Right. There was no lines for that part. It could have been anybody to sit in the chair, but put Kate on TV again. Yeah, I was talking about that too. How it was like, wow, they must really like Kate McKinnon if if all she had to do in this was make faces, and they like still wanted her. She is funny. She's like the bell cow of Saturday Night Live. I know she's great, but I just kind of feel like she's she's being a little overrated in a way that's not fair to her. Yeah. What other skits was she in? Well, I mean, Cecily, it was kind of like her and Cecily Sharon touches. Yeah, maybe so. To be, to be fair to Kate, the the digital short, uh, Kellyanne Pennywise, mm-hmm. was really good. And it really that shows what a great uh, voice performer she is when she switched between her Kellyanne voice into her Hillary voice. Yeah. Like, we watched her do Hillary Clinton for like two years. Yeah. And I maybe never took the time to appreciate how close the vocal timbre, right. the quality of her, her vocal performance is. It it made me laugh more because I hadn't haven't seen it, yeah, and I haven't seen like Pennywise speak, so it gave me an idea of what he must sound like, <laughs> and it is just ridiculous. It is totally ridiculous. Yeah, I think Pennywise is probably going to be the most popular Halloween costume this year. That yeah. and Wonder Woman. Well, Pennywise and what there's a, a 
kid in it with the raincoat. And the Georgie, balloon. that's gonna be a, that's one of those easy go to Halloween yeah. costumes. Get a yellow raincoat, put up the hood, hold a red balloon. Totally, that's a really good Halloween costume. I saw a list today of some like really easy Halloween costumes you could pull from 2017's popular culture. Another one is Baby Driver. You just need some shades and an iPod. Oh, that's good. That's a pretty good one. Have you heard of any other ones, or do you have yours yet? Yeah, we're gonna be Margot and Richie Tenenbaum. Right. Yes, we talked about this earlier. So we got we got a, a bunch of stuff. Actually, I've got the bag here. I'll show you the materials, and the audience won't be able to see them, but they can see a picture on my social media in twelve days. Oh, cool. Um, twelve oh, days. Look at these. Uh, look at these glasses. These are perfect. Whoa! I got these glasses at Walmart for four dollars. That's amazing. Aren't they perfect? That is. Amazing. I almost want to shave my head and slit my wrist. <laughs> Not actually, mom. <laughs> That's super um, accurate. We got a couple of like trench coats, a heavy eyeliner pencil, all that Wes Anderson stuff. Cool. Yeah. I got to watch uh, Royal Ten Bombs again. It's a classic. Totally. Do you, do you have a plan? No, not no. at all. No, I usually throw it together the night of. But this year, I, w- I want to think it out a little bit more. I've got some time to brainstorm. I really want to get something good in the hopper. What else was on the list that I saw that you could go as? You could go as like Pepsi, Kendall Jenner. Yeah, there's one I saw online as uh, uh, the Banksy. Did you see this? It was like, you know, the the portrait that Banksy has of a guy throwing the bouquet like it's a grenade. Oh, okay. But it's actually like the guy's wearing a black shirt and his black pants are kind of spray painted in areas white to make it look exactly like this black and white photo. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he's got like a bandana over his face. That's really cool. Yeah, I think that would be kind of It neat. sounds like a lot of work. See, this is where I toe the line. Like, I don't really even like dressing up in costume, but yeah. it means a lot to Becky. I know. So my rule is it has to be pretty low maintenance for me. Jen goes crazy. Last year she was Willy Wonka. That's She's cool. been Edward Scissorhands. It's not just a Tim Burton theme, but she always comes up with something <laughs> very good. One year she was a duck, and she like made a whole duck, a duck. costume. Yeah. I was Jughead for Halloween like well before Riverdale brought him back in vogue. Nice. I was like like deep cartoon character jughead yeah well, some good ones for a guy who doesn't so much care i was a really good bruce springsteen dancing in the dark era <laughs> yeah you were you were great uh, marty marty mcfly oh our marty and doc was like yeah. that was perfect and that was that was like future month that yeah. was that was 2015 oh right we the first year becky and i were together we were uh ralphie and the frizz from magic school bus <laughs> that's funny that was really good what were we last year oh it was steve jobs and the iphone 7 Oh, okay. It was really good too. Right, yeah. you were Steve Jobs. Yes, Jen. Jen's all about uh, going as things like she. She hates the idea. She. She's all about like unexpected costumes. Okay. So her and her friend, I suggested, and she kind of liked this. I suggested that her friend go as uh, Professor X and she be Wolverine. <laughs> That's like, funny. That would be amazing. It would. And Jen's like, oh man, it would be pretty cool if I was Wolverine. Yeah. So I, I hope she follows through with it, but I don't know. She's we wanted to do something from The Princess Bride, but the costumes just seemed like they were going to be too much work and also too cliche yeah. and lame. But Jake, if we were to do that, it would have to be like Becky is Andre the Giant or something. Right. That would be Or funny. Peter Falk. That would be fun. Jen made her cousin the best um, Ewok costume ever. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. She just kind of like fashioned together this hood and these gloves. Cousins are pro Ewok? Yes. The Ewoks are kind of like Coldplay. <laughs> they're, yes, they're very I know. Well, the cousin is is eight. So yeah, I know, think that like, helps. I'm actually not from a generation that hates the Ewoks either. I think the Ewoks, I think the rebellion would have failed without the Ewoks. Mm-hmm. But people don't like them because they're silly. Yeah, they kind of think that the the Ewoks were like the precursor to, to Jar Jar. Well, and now we're displacing that hate towards the Porgs. Is that what they're called? Porgs. They're the cute little creatures that appear in Star Wars Episode Eight. Oh, which we don't know about yet. Well, people are already ready to decide to hate them. That they're they're going to be the thing that just stuck in there to please the kids. The poor. We have to hate them. People have a real problem with making up their mind before they really have had all the information. Yeah. Oh, could I go as BB-8? <laughs> you could go as BB-8. Yeah, that'd be funny. Just You're... wearing two circles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what would you what would you need to make that costume really work? I don't know. Uh, what's like a big? Just two halves of like a like a globe-sized ball, like a globe, and put one on your stomach, one on your back, and just paint it orange. Yeah, but what? Like, where would you see a kind of globe like that? Uh, where would you buy a globe? Yeah, you could just like, you could just make one with a balloon and paper mache, like the good old days. Yeah, that'd be tough. 
I'll try to find something easier. Okay. Well, the clock's are ticking. You need, yeah, to, right. you need to get on this. It would be funny if I was BB-8, though, right? I think so. <laughs> It'd be really funny. Yeah, I think so. Or sexy BB-8. Sex slutty BB-8. <laughs> I think that's that's a must. <laughs> They're going to make a... You're very good at impressions. <laughs> they are going to make a Settlers of Catan movie. Yeah, I saw that. That's Where, weird. Didn't they make the a plot? Clue movie? They made a Clue movie, and it's kind of like a cult classic at this point. Yeah. But the, more recently, they made like a Battleship movie with Rihanna, <laughs> and yeah. that was a game that has no plot. I mean, it actually has more plot than Catan. Yeah. And it wasn't very well received. But Catan's essentially like, uh, it's almost like a little bit less pedestrian Game of Thrones. I, I've always kind of associated it with, with social studies. I find Catan to be overrated. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it like is. trading wheat for rocks and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. And there's a robber. Yeah. <laughs> there's a robber. Yeah, the robber. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> yeah, the robber. He uh, he he steals. He's called the robber. Ah. Well, yeah. I'm not excited for this movie. Who's gonna be in it? I don't know. Any word on cast? Who's gonna play the robber? <laughs> Who's gonna be the robber? Hopefully, like Nick Offerman. <laughs> that would be funny. Play a good robber. That would be funny commanding i mean i don't want to write it off for the same reason i don't think people should make up their mind about porgs too early <laughs> because like occasionally a toy or a game inspires a film and it becomes the lego movie yeah. and people thought it was just going to be this big commercial racket and it turned out to be spectacular in other cases it's uh, uh transformers actually it's not a good example they made a lot of money but um what did i say before battleship yeah you know Right. We have run out of ideas, though. That's very evident. I know. People just need to start writing some crazy fiction. I think Where's so. our Inception? We need Inception. Yeah. Yeah. Or an Inception style story. Do you have any more any more things you wanted to add? Any more pop cultural tidbits? No. Did you want a freestyle rap for us or anything? I don't think so. Because nah, nah, nah. No, I don't. I got nothing. No? No. Not as passionate as Eminem. Not quite. Was that since our last podcast, or was that before? No, I think that was before. Because we had this whole discussion about Kanye West recently. Right. It was one of your more astute moments on the podcast. In the <laughs> Thank <last little> you. While. <laughs> Which isn't saying a whole lot. No, that's okay. Listen to any of the podcasts recently. Should we talk about shows then? Yeah. Okay, it's your turn. Oh. It's your turn to pick. Okay. Uh, but obviously there's one we should start with over the other so yes. it's your turn whether or not you want to go first i'll start with the original naturally okay let me set up your timer the original is will and grace as promised for last week we're going to talk about both will, will and grace and the will and grace reboot well we'll get to it in a second you can start your recap of the original pilot in three two one go so Will and Grace are college friends. Uh, Grace is in a sticky situation with her uh, boyfriend and wants to move out with, or is currently staying with Will because they're in a fight. Um, she ends up going back to him. He ends up proposing. Uh, and Will doesn't really give his blessing. He says, no, I, I don't think he's right for you. Uh, they end up uh, basically living together and jack ends up living with them and uh all kinds of crazy hijinks happen crazy hijinks happen yeah there's this whole side plot about how jack is supposed to move in with will but he can't but he can't because grace is hanging out yeah and she wants to get married but really she doesn't want to get married to this guy she just wants to get married and he's Mm -hmm. not she's in love with the idea of love right and she's 31 and then karen is also there i am not really all that familiar with will and grace is karen the boss or the assistant She's the assistant. She's the assistant. They make but a mention she's that, she, that she's a gazillionaire, right? But that she has a job to keep herself humble, right? Which is ridiculous because she's not humble at all. No. Did you notice she didn't have her crazy voice? Her kooky. I voice? did. I, w- I was thinking like, this just sounds like Megan Mullally's regular voice. And then watching the newest episode, realized no, it's actually super high. Yeah, I guess she in the, changed in the it. Second episode, they they brought in the crazy voice. Wow. Yeah, I mean, little things like that. I actually thought it was a very well-realized pilot. It was good. What like It was such a smart idea to kind of do the $10,000 pyramid I totally game. agree. Like, it's, it's, I, that, was, that was such an... That was like... It was a little expository, but it was such a valuable scene. It's so good to set the tone, uh, like show people where these characters are at yeah. with, A, each other, 
and B, like what their thoughts on the overall. That's exactly what I just thought. Totally Not only does this give us like a few like open, broad plot points of who they are as people, yep. but it establishes that they are each other's soulmate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In like a strange way. Do you think this was the point where gay best friends became really fashionable? I mean, maybe. I don't really know. I don't really have a have a history with with that idea. <laughs> yeah, I always just you know how that is kind Absolutely, of Absolutely, yeah. Like they even mentioned I think in Big Big Mouth. Yeah. Where the gay guy's like, I'm gonna be your gay best friend. Yeah, Miley Cyrus was on Howard Stern the other day and I just cringed when she talked about how she doesn't have very many friends who are girls, just gays. Uh, I was like, oh, you, what a cliche. Right. Just how about people? Yeah. Just be friends with people. Right. Uh Maybe. I mean, I, I don't really know. And again, I don't want to speak from a position that I don't have. Um, but it had to have been a fairly progressive show for the time. Yeah. To not definitely. make Will a total cliche. Like mm-hmm. Jack is kind of all the stereotypes. Right. But Will is like very professional. And right. Like, and almost like kind of, um, kind of stuffy. Yeah. And to the point that he's making fun of jack for being such a stereotypical right but that's the distinction yeah that in this at the same time friends was on right friends maybe started like a year or two before will and grace Mm -hmm. and for years for the duration of friends uh gay was always a punchline it was always the butt of a joke and like jokes about ross having been married to carol Mm -hmm. the punchline is always she's a lesbian audience bursts into an eruption of crazy laughter right the word lesbian in itself is funny and this show didn't carry that mm-hmm. it seemed to be ahead yeah yeah definitely i yeah it must have been the catalyst for you know kind of strong gay characters in shows you know not yeah. being the aside being a main character that's not you know so um uh stereotypical stereotypical and thing. boxed yeah. Interestingly, when it was originally conceived, it's based on the creator's relationship with a childhood friend of his. But he softened it for network because he figured there's no way I'm going to get a network to buy a show that's just about this gay guy and his best gal pal. Right. Um, so they softened it and turned it into a bigger ensemble where there happened to be a gay character, but it was mostly just uh, a group of friends, not on like friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't order it. Martin Landau only wanted the show to be about Will and Grace. Really? Wow. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. What did you think about the super fran... Like, I almost got, like, kind of panicked when the piano started playing. (laughs) (laughs) It's such (laughs) good (laughs) piano music. You're like, whoa. (laughs) God. You're right, Cocaine Jazz. I don't remember this making me so anxious. Really? Because their music is, like, pretty iconic. Yeah. I just didn't... I did not remember it at all. It's not one of those shows that that has had much of a, a replay life. Yeah, it's not something you see in like back-to-back repeats for five like, hours. It's not like Seinfeld or you know what what is now like Modern Family, and The Office has even kind of achieved that. And I don't even know. And maybe it's Friends, just because obviously. I'm not super familiar with the with the text, so a lot of it would fly over my head. But I don't know how well quoted it is. I don't think yeah. it's a thing that like its greatest fans are always in a constant loop of watching, like so many of us are with Friends and Seinfeld right. and, and The Office, even. Yeah, I've actually watched a fair amount of these shows from just back in the day. I think. And well, it, and Grace, you mean? Yeah, and it being on possibly like after Friends or before Friends, probably or something. I thought it was. I thought it was very well realized for a pilot, and mm-hmm. a lot of sitcoms don't really know what they are yet. Yeah, but with the exception of say Karen's voice. Sure. I don't know how much it changed. I, I don't it think it did. Did they deal with homophobia a lot in that show? I or were they above that t- too. Couldn't tell you that. I'm sure they. I'm sure they must have. They must have. But or they might have approached it from an angle kind of like the the newest episode where it's just completely taken as everyone is cool with it. Yeah. Because that's almost a more progressive take. It is. I agree. But even a show like Modern Family, which granted has been on for 10 years now, mm-hmm. like they still have to discuss how some people don't get it, you right. know? Yeah. And that's still true, especially in the States. And I mean, they're in New York or whatever, and it wasn't like an abomination uh, culturally to, right. to, to have a certain kind of lifestyle, even in the 90s. But inherently, they, uh, gay people would have had more struggles right. than say I- you or I. I will tell you, I had a real like come to Jesus moment when uh, they said that she was thirty-one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Like I was watching the show when I was 
12. You know what's weirder? In the first season of Friends, not to talk about Friends too much, it just seems like they're peers, no, yeah. those two yeah, shows. Yeah, definitely. Um, in the first season of Friends in the episode, it's the one where Nana dies twice. Uh, they're looking at old pictures of the grandmother. Oh, yeah. And somebody says, oh, how old is she here? And Monica says, 24, 25. And the idea is Monica is now 24, 25. Oh. Because she's hanging out with her friends yeah. in the picture. Sure. And so I'm 26. You're 28 or 9. 28. 28. So, like, you're older than, than the friends are. Yeah. We're older than the friends. Older than friendship. Yeah. Even. Because I think Friendship was founded with, on NBC Thursday nights, yeah. 1994. It's, it's just weird. It, it, it's become weird for me with professional sports. I'm older than a lot of oh, the athletes yeah. that I'm watching, so yeah. that's a super weird thing. Even to go to a Mooseheads game, like, I mean, you're not right down on the ice with oh, those guys, but they're all, the they're all tall, plus yeah. they're in skates. They just look like these big beasts, and they're 18. <laughs> yeah, that's the weirdest thing yeah. is they're like 18 to 20. Um, but yeah, so now I think the acting thing is becoming even weirder for me. Like, oh, yeah. These people that I thought were super old, yeah, like in their forties then, which wouldn't make sense. More and more movie stars are younger than you. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's a You're weird kind thing. Of rubbing it in now, sweets. The good news is, in uh, nineteen years, you can reboot and start from scratch, and nothing will have changed. Good call. Yes. So, do we want to get into the reboot? Yeah, we may as well. Movie? Yeah, it's going to overlap, I guess. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in my ability to recap this episode. I don't know why. I just watched it earlier today, but maybe it's because not a whole lot happened in this pilot i'm gonna recap the season nine episode one because mm-hmm. it's actually not a separate series they're just considering it a continuation of will and grace yeah which is come back 11 years later mm-hmm. and i'll recap that for you and 11 years was the gap yep okay uh three two one recap it's been 11 years, but nothing's really changed except grace appears to have been divorced so she moves back in temporarily with will Otherwise, they know each other better than ever. Uh, she's got this job, thanks to Karen, redecorating President Donald Trump's Oval Office. And she's got some kind of moral conundrum of whether or not she should do that. Meanwhile, Will is conflicted because he's got quite a crush on this senator, but he's also been writing a lot of letters to senators asking them to change their policies on stuff. And there's a bit of a blowout. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, of the conflict of being a citizen of these United States. Totally. And this particular senator is like super right wing and is is uh, uh, fighting all of the bills that Will is proposing. This episode tried so hard to bring us up to speed. I know. It tried so hard to catch up to the world. Yeah. Where wouldn't it have been more charming if they just did an episode and stuff came up organically. Did they have to like insert Grace saying "You're woke" and it's like winking right. at the camera? Yeah. Like I thought, I thought the opening scene was fine because they were kind of like intentionally bringing like, okay, here's what happened while you were gone. Like yeah. this wasn't a dream. Yada yada yada. But yeah, I think once it got past that, it became a little bit much for me, and it was like, it oh, was so, we're in Donald Trump's Oval Office. So politics heavy. You're right. She was yeah. in the Oval Office, yeah. and like at the end of the episode, all she does to remodel the office is that she changes his "Make America Great Again" ball hat to a "Make America Gay Again" ball hat. It's <laughs> kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it's just like an incessant need to make cracks about yeah. about how the president's a drag. That that was a that was a genuine reaction to that because as I told you earlier I was listening to the episode while watching right so I did not know you listen to it while I, driving I, rather I, than watching it I did not because I was in a rush to get here and I did not uh, see the Make America Gay Again hat gig I have to imagine it would probably make like hardcore Will and Grace fans really giddy yeah it got pretty good reviews mm-hmm. but it was just trying so hard to to catch us up and it's just inherently unrealistic that will's been living in that apartment for 20 years and they're all doing the exact same things yeah like like jack is still living across the hall and just yeah he's still like a crazy grinder bachelor and isn't it kind of sad like what it's totally sad what but wasn't like the whole climax of the show supposed to be that you know grace got married and they like found a way like i wouldn't want to watch the last episode now because it would make this season that much more depressing i think well exactly it'd be like if they brought friends back and phoebe has been divorced from paul rudd 
Mm. You'd be like, what? Right. Because, like, like, surely they wanted us on board with that marriage at right. the end of Will and Grace. I have to imagine. And it makes better sense to have gotten rid of that guy if they want Grace to move back in with Will. Right. As was, the premise of this new reboot. Was it Paul Rudd or Michael Rappaport? No, she did date Michael Rappaport about mid-series. Oh, uh, okay. But he okay. shot a crow from from their bed with his gun because he was a New York City police officer. Right. And so she broke up with him. Gotcha. Okay. I'm happy you cleared that up yeah. with ease. <laughs> um, so back to Will and Grace. Yes. Uh, did you think that... I, I again, think that they used the, the, the pyramid game, served it really well. Look, that parallel, that mirroring is all I wanted from Young Sheldon. Right. I was going to say, I it definitely them, had some callbacks. I wanted them to do something that made the two pilots synonymous, and they brought back the $1,000 pyramid and reestablished that these two are as close as ever. And I think they were calling back things that we didn't even recognize. I'm sure. Because there was laughter after lines that was like, okay, well, that wasn't as much of a joke inside jokes much, yeah i think it was inside jokes with viewers i'm sure yeah. that's true um yeah so what what did you think about the particular line about uh jada pinkett smith i heard that in a promo a little while back oh, i thought you? that was terrific i yeah. was like oh i'm so glad what was it it was like we don't know how we're supposed to what was it we, well it, it, yeah it, it's 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 like fourth or fifth in a long list of things that they're answering in rapid fire speed yeah but, um, I think Will just says, oh, don't get me started. And Grace right. says, Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> That's so perfect. It is really funny. Don't trust. Yeah. Um, I guess it's established in the Karen character that she's like quite Republican. Yeah. Is that right? Well, I think it's... I because think she's, she's rich? I think she's Republican because she's rich kind of thing. Well, that's that's why most Republicans are Republican. That's fair. Uh, that's not true. But wouldn't it have been better or would it have been too easy if like even the Trump administration was too crazy for Karen. Like Karen, who's a lunatic, right. but she's sane enough to not side with the Trump administration. Mm. Like, wouldn't that have been like a more apt commentary? But I kind of thought if, if there was one thing that I kind of thought made the whole thing a little bit funnier, I think it was, it might've just benefited Karen's character. Yeah, I thought she was, she was fine. You know, I think it, she was pretty funny to me. There is, I guess, this uh, epilogue to the original series finale at the end of episode, uh, at the end of season eight. Okay. Where there's like a flash forward and Will and Grace have had a falling out for whatever reason and they don't talk for 10 years. Oh. And then they reunite and they're all good. This new episode actively rewrites that and pretends that it didn't exist. Right, at the very beginning because it says like, and what about those kids that we had? Right. Like, no, that that didn't happen. Yeah. Which well, is funny. You may as well wink to it. They're supposed to be waking Karen up from something. Right. From, like, a drug-induced stupor. Yeah. It's actually not the first Will and Grace spinoff. Again, it's not a spinoff, but it may as well be. Was there a Jack uh, spinoff? There was going to be a Karen spinoff. Ah. Can you think, based on the conversation we've been having thus far and the parallels this show has... Mm-hmm why they might have scrapped plans for a Karen spinoff entitled Karen. No. Was it just because of like of the time? Because Joey tanked. Oh, gotcha. They had all these plans. Yeah. They didn't want to have, see what happened to, to Joey happened to Karen. Right. Do you ever forget about Joey? Uh, never. <laughs> never forget. I forget about Joey sometimes, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, Joey was on Ellen in that episode of Joey. Because uh, he got super famous. Yeah, no, I, uh, I might have seen the first episode, and I was like, well, never watching that again. No, I think I was in a position where, like, I knew it was bad, but, like, I had to see what happened to Joey. I couldn't, I couldn't leave my relationship with Joey like this. No. You know? He just gets progressively dumber. There was a quote in the first first episode, just to take it back. Uh, there, I mean, for such a progressive show, there was something about how, I don't know what the setup was, but the, the punchline was from Will saying that, that Jack is trapped in a man's body. Yeah. A, and I was like, oh, that joke doesn't age too well. No, I don't think so either. But I, although I kind of thought it was fresh, maybe because that joke wouldn't be made today. At the time, it was probably edgy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, th- I think possibly even edgier today. If you get married at City Hall, do you wear a big white gown? 
<laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> that was something I had a problem with too. That she was in full uh, like runaway bride regalia. Yeah. Jack was. Uh, I mean, it was obviously cast. Sean Hayes. It was down between Sean Hayes and whomever Alexis Arquette identified as pre-transition. Who's Alexis Arquette? Of the Arquettes, David and Rosanna and Patricia, they had a transgender sister, Alexis, who was an actor before the transition also. And I think maybe just as Alex. Alex Arquette. Um, Anyway, uh, she died like a year or two ago. No way. Um, But... uh, yeah, when living as a man, as a, a male actor, right. uh, it was between Alex Arquette and, and Sean Hayes. Wow. Jack. I think I remember it being a thing where he wasn't out, but was just acting on the show. So it was like. Sean Hayes? It was very, yeah, it was like very modern family how how uh, dude said he. Or, Eric Stone Street. No, not Eric Stone Street, the other guy. Jesse. Tyler Ferguson? Oh, maybe it is Eric Stone Street. Yeah, <laughs> Eric Stone Street's always in interviews like, no, I'm not gay at all. Yeah, yeah. In fact, he makes like a concerted effort to <laughs> make sure that people yeah, know he's to not assert gay. his <laughs> heterosexuality. Yeah. I find it quite annoying. He's very yeah. arrogant in interviews. Um, well, I know Eric McCormick obviously is is straight in real life, and he mm-hmm. played the character very subtly and yeah. very beautifully. Was was the assumption that Sean was as straight as an arrow too, and he was just playing it really over well, the top? Well, I think it's because he was so over the top that people were like, he must be gay in real yeah. life. And then I think in interviews, he was like, no. Well, he's not that over the top, but he is gay in real life. Yeah. I mean, he's he, he's so over the top in the show. Yeah. 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 That's all I have for... Uh... For little little bits and pieces. For Dub and G? Basically, do you give your ass to Will and Grace the original? Yeah, I think so. I definitely do. Yeah. I would say this is no time to start the new Will and Grace. No? <laughs> I would say if you don't already have a predisposition, sure. don't bother. I, I just kind of, I'm, I'm a little curious about it. It's got my uh, interest peaked a bit. I feel weird because. I, I want to see which topics they touch on now. It, it seems like they put themselves in a, in a state to really like tackle these like, I feel like there's going to be a Harvey Weinstein episode. Oh, that's a that's, good point. That's kind of like where I think the show's going. Yeah, but you're in dangerous territory if you just make a sitcom that's just constantly about the issues mm-hmm. for the sake of doing it. Right. Like, I mean, South Park pulls it off really nicely. Yeah. But, like, if you always just need to have some kind of, like, hot button thing mm-hmm. to to drive home the the idea that this is a current show. Ripped you're watching a new episode. Yeah. You can start to get really formulaic. Yeah. Maybe you've swayed me on it. I don't know. I'm just interested. I don't, I don't have a, a dog in the fight here. I just want to... Uh, maybe, it's interesting maybe that, we'll watch the Zeppelin go down. That I wanted more fan service in Young Sheldon, and I wanted less in Will and Grace. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, there's a real happy medium that they want you to hit. Yeah, there definitely is. So I don't really know. I, I, I guess I'd have to ask somebody who was like a big fan of Will and Grace a big, in the 90s. A big Will and Grace head. A big WG. <laughs> yeah. You know? Big Gracer. <laughs> Uh, at some point in every podcast, I giggle at mm-hmm. something you say, and then I go, uh, it's oh, usually really? a sign we're about done. Okay. <laughs> but I don't want to finish that, yet, because it's point. like, we've still got a few minutes before we hit the hour. That's also always encouraging. Right. <laughs> Keep listening, because we're not quite at an The hour best yet. part hasn't happened yet. Uh, I don't know we're having such a hard time, like, dra- dragging out an hour lately. Well, I wanted, I, to, I wanted to mention that we should probably do Mindhunter as a show. Yes, I agree with that. And I've seen the first episode already. I'm okay. fully on board. Jen fell asleep during it, was pissed off because I want to keep watching the series, but I feel like I can't just watch it without her. Have you made any progress in trying to find us a guest uh, from the industry? No. <laughs> I know my friend Jade has routinely asked if she could be a guest on our podcast. Can we do that? And she is like a like a card carrying actor. Nice. She'd be happy to do that. Do, do we want to try like next episode to do it with her? I'm sure that's fine. Can she try to find us someone? Can she do all the heavy lifting? <laughs> that sounds rude. Yeah, you're right. You can be on if you get us the key grip from Mindhunter or Tom Hanks. If you can get us Tom Hanks. Mm, yeah, I don't know if Tom Hanks would really be a good fit on the show. No, you're right. It's not very <laughs> not very agreeable. Yeah. <laughs> 
Not yeah, everybody's on board with Tom Hanks. I don't think anyone would be interested with what he has to say. I read this week that Tom Hanks has never worked with Harvey Weinstein, and it was the greatest relief I've had in right. weeks. Isn't that cool? It's like, okay, <laughs> put another check on the box. He because, lives another day without any errors. Because for a few days, there were all of these tweets from people who were distancing themselves with their past relationships, yeah. like Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling was like, I'm ashamed that I never noticed it, and people weren't buying that. Right. And then Kevin Smith had to like agree to give all of his residuals from Harvey Weinstein movies he's made to pro women's groups. Really? He's going to start making considerably less money. Had to agree to who? He didn't have to do anything, but he's like so ashamed with the association that he's now like, he's giving away a lot of his income. I have to imagine. Does it make you wonder if you've ever worked with someone uh, like probably not on that level. Have I ever been complicit in something? Yeah. Just kind of been like, Oh, that guy's a creep, but like, you know, I'm not gonna totally, then it's made me wonder that. It's made me wonder if I myself have done it. I don't think I have. I asked Jen yes. yesterday. I was like, am I guilty of any right. transgression? Like when we were first getting together, was anything that I was doing, like could that be considered assault? Was I coming on too strong? Was I, and, and, and it's not because I'm thinking, you know, people are overly sensitive. It's because right. I was like, was I in the wrong? No, I think I, I, I need think, to know this. I things. think your concern is coming from the right place. There's a, there's a lot of that right now, uh-huh. and it either comes from, gee, I really want to be sensitive and I want to grow and I want to do the right thing, uh-huh. and it also comes from I don't want to change. Right. Well, wasn't what isn't what I was doing before fine? Right. You know, and I you're not that. So right. So just be conscious of it, and you know, is I don't I don't think there's going to be a situation when you're really rich and famous where somebody goes, well, you know. I was on the street team. Right. When Matt oh was my running God. the street team. Man, I'm so careful. Yeah. Well, that's great. Like, you should be. Yeah. Like, to. oh, man. Yeah, no, that will never be an issue. No, I'm sure it won't be. Anyway, I was going to say that I, all these names started coming up in these other tweets about Harvey Weinstein. And then I saw Tom Hanks and Harvey Weinstein in the same tweet. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then uh, another said, one of my heroes is an asshole. Yeah. And, and Tom Hanks has never worked with Harvey Weinstein, period. And I was like, he popped a bottle of champagne. <sighs> He's a new yeah. book out, Tom Hanks. Really? He wrote a bunch of short stories. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, so I'm kind of excited to take a peek at that. There's also a documentary coming out about the American typewriter, and he has a, a big hand in it because he like collects like hundreds of typewriters. Hilarious. Yeah. He says if- he's actually had to slow down because he's aware that when he dies, his kids will be responsible for unloading tons All of typewriters. Of typewriters. Wow. I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, what a guy, like, perfect record, although, you know, I've said this about people in the past, and then it's like, just wait, give it time. I know. Let's hope he just goes down as one of the greats. I think that'll happen. I really hope so. I I really hope so. It's interesting that David Letterman has kind of got off scot-free in the last couple of weeks. Have you noticed that? Like, David Letterman's been back a little bit. He was on Stern. He was on Kimmel last night. Wonderful. And I'm not here to to bash Dave, but he did have his little, Oh yeah. I have his little indiscretions there 10 years ago. Yep. Um, where, I mean, that was definitely an abuse of power. Yeah. I mean, they were also probably romantic relationships to an extent. Right. But he was, he was definitely having relationships with people on staff yep. as one of the most powerful people at CBS. You're right. So, so I'm assuming Jimmy Kimmel didn't bring up the Weinstein thing with him at all. No, no. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel just kind of sings his praises, and that's fine. Right. right? He's his hero. He's total idol. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other people taking a lot of heat, obviously, like when uh, Harvey Weinstein uh, loses his spot in the Academy, he's only the second person ever to be expelled from the Academy. The first, the first guy Roman was a guy. Polanski? No, it wasn't. It Roman wasn't Polanski's still in. Still in it. So is Woody Allen. The uh, first guy was a guy who was caught uh, stealing screeners from studios and uploading them to Pirate Bay. No. So this other guy was probably going like, I'm the only guy who We're, ever got... And now he's like, now I got Harvey Weinstein yeah. and company. We're equally bad. We, we want to say that we're fine with guy A, but guy <laughs> B is a dick. Um, Roman Polanski is still in it. Yeah. What was the... Um, there was oh Woody Allen came out and said he was deeply saddened. I know by his behavior or something. And well, he 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 gave like a very neutral response, like it's sad for everybody. Yeah, and then people got super angry about that. Yeah. He's like, I, I mean, uh, uh, Weinstein <laughs> is. Uh, I know. Go away, old man. Yeah, and that's coming from somebody who like really loved daughter. some of those movies. But go yeah. away, old man. 
yeah. you got nothing here. That's right. All right. Are we good? Are we happy? I think so. There's a new song. It's called Getting Lit or Get Lit. Mm-hmm. It's an EDM song. <laughs> this is by Jalen Smith? No, it's by Will Smith. That's by Will Smith. Will Smith has a new song called Get Lit. To play us out. And I I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to, It's apparently so bad. I wanted to read one of the reviews because I loved it so much. Okay. Of this song. Uh, from can, we, G, from, can we play it for... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll insert it afterward. Okay. Uh, from GQ Deadspin's Drew Majory. He, he wrote, You know it's bad if I, a dad, think something is too dad-like. Was this mixed inside a tractor engine? Join us next week when Will drops his next three songs, Woke AF, Yas, and Prayer Emoji. <laughs> That's good. That, oh, they're really all on the same level. Look, um, he's he's the parents just don't understand guy. He can't do songs at 45 or 50. You're right. Called Get Lit. He should do songs called Parents Still Don't Understand. And it should be about <laughs> how he's like, my son's rapping rhymes. My daughter's all crazy. Jade is in the kitchen, acting like a lady. I don't know why she'd be in the kitchen. There's no reason she has to be in the kitchen. No, I understand. She's just there by it's half. Okay. I got my freestyle that I asked for a half an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And it uh, was perfect pitch. He should do a song called "Check That." Parents actually do understand. Uh, parentheses. <laughs> for real An this update. Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> update. Uh, all right. Well, Y'all thought I was done. For all those reasons, never trust Will Smith. Never trust him. Never trust him.